the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 92, recorded Friday, May 24th, 2013. Pizzas in space. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It is time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tom Al- Tim Albright. I almost said Tom. That's my evil twin. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Good night. It's Friday, and it's the Friday before Memorial Day, and I can already Woo! feel it. Uh, by the way, this is episode 92. That means that we are slowly, quickly inching towards episode 100. It doesn't mean anything except for that we've done 100 of these. All right. Uh, <laughs> With us this week uh, is George Tucker. Uh, he's my right and left hand, um, and uh, some would even say my brain. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. If I'm your brain, we're all lost. Oh, oh, no. And then we're all lost. Uh, also with us is Harry Mead, my favorite CTSD, because he's one and I'm not. How are you, sir? <laughs> Jeez, you know what? <laughs> I would like to, to state as, as, as fact... This Infocom will be two years since Harry received his CTSD. And again, the only reason I know this is that Harry and I took it at roughly the same time. And again, he has one and I do not. Uh, next up on the block is Chris Tatton. Um, in the world of hockey, he's George Tucker's nemesis currently because he's a Bruin fan and George is like, I don't know, an Islander fan or something. I'm a Ranger fan. Oh, whatever, fan. it's New York. No How Islander are fish sticks. <laughs> How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Uh, and also, last but not least, our favorite AV rap artist. His name is Hi-Fi. Go to Hi-Fi or theavprofessional.com. Uh, How are you, Mr. Cordell? I'm doing well, though. I'm a little bummed. I'm not your favorite CTSD. That, that hurts. I don't want to tell you that I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you have a CTSI? I don't have an I, okay. but I'm kind of studying for it. Do you have a, DMC, a DMCE? I don't. Do you have an ACLC? Uh... Uh, no, I have an ACL. I just made that up, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, this okay. week, we're going to talk about the Xbox One, my birthday present. Just, you know, my birthday my birthday is Wednesday, so if my wife is listening to this, I want an Xbox One. Uh, it's not out yet, but I seriously want one. Uh, we're going to talk about some display manufacturers, uh, one that's really up and one that's, oh my goodness, really down. And NASA has started... Um, I haven't started production of the replicators yet, but oh goodness, they are researching them. Uh, and if you don't know what a replicator is, um, it's a Star Trek reference for something that can uh, reproduce any sort of food in the world. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, first up, though, we're going to talk a little bit about Infocom 2013. If you aren't going to the show, oh my goodness, why not? Uh, it's in Orlando this year, and uh, it's the second full week, um, the 12th, 13th, and 14th of uh, June uh, at the Orange County Convention Center at the Infocom 2013. Roughly, they're saying about 35,000, uh, 36,000 people will be there, almost 1,000 vendors or, and, and exhibitors. Um, some of them are actual companies like Crestron, AMX, um, uh, uh, 
LG will be there. Sony will be there. Um, I'm trying to think about all the all the press requests I've got. NEC, Avid, Geffen will be there. But in addition to that, you have these different um, industry alliances, and one of them is the Avenue Alliance. Avenue Alliance is is a bunch of of people who have really kind of grabbed a hold of the AVB, the audio video bridging uh, system, and that they're making a go at it. Right? They're they're saying we can do audio and video over the network and this, that, and the other. Uh, Harry, we'll kick it off with, with you. Avenue Alliance is, is uh, the, the, a press release, and, and you know they say we're, we're, we're going to start some AVB education programs at Infocom 2013. In addition to that, 17 member companies uh, um, at a dedicated Avenue Alliance technology and product pavilion. Uh, we'll put a, a link to this on the website so you can see exactly where that pavilion is. The fact that they are getting together in the last couple of weeks, uh, there have been announcements that actual video people have gotten gotten into the Avenue Alliance. Uh, how will the, these this this new education program that that Avenue is putting out? How will it help adoption of the AVB? It will help adoption because well, now that they've got video people in it, it will help adoption. Okay, before that, it has been pretty much we can do a b <laughs> but there hasn't <laughs> yes. been a lot of there hasn't been a lot of v <laughs> so if they're if they're starting to get video people in i mean unfortunately i've heard that song a little bit before so i'd like to see it actually function and it looks like they will be functioning at the pavilion uh, this year so i will definitely be checking it out well, and one thing, just to be clear, because somebody pointed this out to me the other day, because I'm I'm with Harry on this. I'm waiting for the V. Uh, Barco has been a part of the Avenue Alliance since the very beginning. Now, just because they've been a part of the Avenue Alliance doesn't mean that they have active, you know, AVB stuff in it, but they have at least been at the table. Um, George, when it comes to stuff like the the, the education programs um, and, you know, the Avenue Alliance, how does this help them? further the technology, or at least you know, maybe uh, maybe increased adoption? Well, it's really about getting people to understand what it's actually doing, right? Um, for the most part, this has been something that everyone's seen as coming and possibly here and in maybe a few esoteric devices, but now we've got a real plan ahead. Uh, what's the, uh, the old A-team? You know, I love it when a plan comes together. Didn't quite go the uh, way yes. they wanted it to, but <laughs> now we're here, so... Uh, having dealt with the Audio Engineering Society for years and reading their white papers, it does take an inordinately long time for this stuff to get adopted, I must say. And hopefully they will use it correctly and not screw it up like they did CEC. All right. I just want to take a moment and say after 92 shows, we have finally had a reference to the A-Team. I would like to congratulate you, Mr. Tucker. Well, thank you very much. I, feel, I, I think feel my job complete. is done. I'm going to go now. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit doing this show now. We've had one A-team <laughs> reference. I'm done, you know. I can't believe it took this long. I can't either. You know, this, we're, you know we're, we're of a certain age. I played A-team, and I was actually Hannibal when, usually when we played A-team. So just because I was always the smallest guy. Um, and good Lord, what happened to me? Phil, when, uh, when, when you start, start talking about stuff like this, I got married, and she's a really good cook. That's what happened to me. Um, what are the strengths of AVB over HD base T? You know, I 
I honestly can't tell you these strengths. Uh, I know that they've been in an epic struggle. And two years ago, you know, I'd read that, that it's definite. AVB has won out over HD base T. But, you know, today from where I'm at, from a commercial standpoint, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, projectors and flat panels with an HD base T input on them that I can feed out of my DM switcher. Uh, or out of an uh, AMX uh, product, you know, sometimes, that, that I can feed a direct video stream straight over. So I feel like they're kind of behind the eight ball. And so this educational push is, is certainly needed uh, if they want to get people to, to adopt the, the standard. Okay, so so would you say that one has maybe one over the other? So it has, has HD base T one, or are they just ahead in the game? Uh, to, I mean, from where I'm standing, specifically from a... From an AV, you know, the total package, uh, obviously there are more video uh, manufacturers that have embraced HD base T. You know, I, I do a ton of biamp stuff, and, and they love, uh, you know, they're part of, part of AFNU. And, uh, and so I think that, that if you're an audiophile, that AVB is going to be the, the system for you. But, but if you're uh, heavy on the video side, that, that HD base T seems to be making more sense right now. Chris, do you see any strengths that maybe one has over the other, or maybe one has won yet? Um, well, I mean, it's certainly, I think it's too early to call a winner, but it's hard to argue against HD base T currently winning. Um, I mean, AVB in theory is a routable protocol that can, you know, serve multiple endpoints from a single, um, a single origin in theory, if it's used, um, which is something that I think it has an advantage over HD base T. I believe that that is just a point to point protocol yeah it is um that said one of the things that i was noticing is you know a the avenue alliance they list broadcom cisco zilinx intel as their founding promoter members but where are all the avb capable switches well because looking around the only one that i really know of is a netgear switch that's sold by bss that contains custom firmware amen we, so, we've had that that very problem tracking down so so if they really want to you know expand their influence they need to fix that problem <laughs> well sure <but laughs> just because you can't get it from point a to point b doesn't mean they have a problem chris <laughs> sorry I mean that—that that is one of the things that I, I two of the things that I, I've always said about HD base T, and I guess if I had to put money down on one or the other, it would be in in that camp, uh, is the fact that they've got mass adoption from transmitters, midpoints. Phil mentioned the the DM and the AMX, and uh, the Crestron DM and the AMX, and then endpoints, meaning I've got. Panasonic projectors and I've got other displays that I can take this twisted pair and plug it straight in and bada boom bada bing, you know. So uh, if well, ABB gets there, you know, good for them. Yes, sir. Um, HD base T actually exists and works. Therefore, right now it wins. There you go. <laughs> Next story, page two. Well, but wait a minute. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't win in the sense that they don't, it doesn't. It doesn't account for that delay that happens when you do to multiple rooms and multiple devices, HD base T, correct? Um, well, because well. it's point to point, I don't know if it's really applicable. I mean, sure, AVB is designed to help sync up 
sync up the systems over a, a huge area, but I don't think that you necessarily need that with HD base T. Mm. Well, you still have you have still have content protection to to maneuver. I mean, you've still got the HDCP and all the switchers, regardless of what video you watched. All of them are getting faster and faster, right? I mean, they're, we're talking about hundreds of a second difference between the, the multiple switcher manufacturers. And at least AMX and, and Crestron, I know for a fact, they're using HD Base T, um, you know, basic, the, the vanilla version of that. Extron, uh, I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not, I don't want to comment on it. Um, you're still they're, still, they're still managing the content protection when it comes to talking back to the, talking to the display and then coming back here, regardless of whether that is a Crestron trans, or receiver at the other end or it's, a, or it's a Panasonic projector. They're still managing that, though. Is that what you're talking about, George? Is that that kind of delay? Yeah, I suppose. And, you know, having seen some of these systems run, like if you distribute to multiple rooms the same source, mm -hmm. you can get that sort of delayed effect in one room from the other. One's ahead or one's behind. And I know point-to-point is -point supposed to solve that, but it doesn't always account for, say, the digital processing that's going on within the monitor that you're sending it to, but the audio is feeding differently. I thought AVB was supposed to help resolve that issue so that if you distribute the, your signal throughout a campus or a room, it will not have that delay. Hmm. Oh. That's the advantage I see, at least. And I didn't that, that was one thing I didn't know about AVB. So, very good. Well, look, I was going to say, slight amending. If AVB becomes what AVB says AVB is going to be, then <laughs> AVB will win. Oh, absolutely. Did we just have a Rumsfeld moment there? Say that, that, that five, say that five <laughs> times fast, brother. <laughs> if we don't know what we don't know, then we don't know that we don't know it. But we basically, do know what we don't know. <laughs> basically, if, a if AVB lives up to the hype, it'll win. Right now, it doesn't. Therefore, HD base T. I keep telling my wife that same thing. If I keep living, if I ever live up to the hype, you'll be one happy woman. <laughs> ah, moving on from PC World, Samsung, Intel. And a Spanish company I can't pronounce are investing in Expect Labs. Uh, I'm going to try it too, at least. Telefonica Digital. How'd I do? Anybody speak Spanish? No? Good. Okay, moving on. Um, what Expect Labs does is they, uh, they create, they're creating a speech recognition. And according to the article from PC World, quote, speech recognition is becoming a more central part of a growing number of consumer electronics products including smartphones, tablets, and TVs. But Expect Labs want to take what is currently offered to the next level. Mr. Tucker, you have famously said on this show almost two years ago, you are not a gesture. The question yeah. is, sir, are you a voice? <laughs> I do this, don't I? Well, yes. If this works the way they say that it's going to work and that it can sort of understand you clearly, then this might be the next step towards what we've been we're looking for. I mean, the Surreys of the world and the Android versions of this have all had some issues with dealing with noise or dealing with uh, accents, that kind of thing. So if they can make it happen and this is a major investment, it'll work. You know, it's just another couch potato going, hey, I don't even have to lift my arm now. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> Phil, how is this gonna? How will how will speech maybe? Uh, and one, by the way, uh, these guys aren't the only ones investing. Google has been an investor in Expect for a while. Um, how will speech impact not just pro AV but also well, just AV in general? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously there is the the possibility that we will live in a 
a post physical interface world, right? Where I don't need a touch panel anymore. Um, cause it, it's creepy. It's almost creepy, right? One of the quotes was that, that this technology will know who we are, understand mm. what we say and be far more capable of interpreting our intentions and anticipating our needs. I don't know if I want my, my technology <laughs> to, to have that much insight into who I am. We're getting, getting uh, real close to a, a 2001 type situation, I think, right? Well, no. Did you listen to last week's episode? It's 2028. According oh, to, is that when it's going to happen? Well, no. Doug, we had uh, Dr. Yoram Solomon on, who's a freaking smarter, probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met when it comes to technology. And he said last week that we have until 2028 before the computers become smarter than we are. All right. Yeah. There right. you go. That'll make you sleep well at night. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Chris. I, for one, welcome our new robot. Yes, overload. thank you. <laughs> Suck up. Nice. Um, where, where, where do you think this thing? I mean, control is an obvious one, but where else do you see a uh, voice kind of disrupting things? Well, I, I guess I don't know if if it's going to disrupt anything other than control. Um, that's really what it is, right? It's control of the AV system. I mean, I I don't know what else you could do with it, honestly. Um, at least in in the realm of what they're planning to do with this company. I mean. They say that they want to, you know, show context-sensitive um, information based on converse- conversations, which is essentially control. Mm-hmm. No, so, that's true. But, I mean, I think it's a much better um, method than gesture-based. How so? Um, it's natural. Nobody, I mean, most communication between individuals is, is verbal. I mean, aside from the occasional gesture at a passing taxi or MBATA bus, most communication is verbal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Harry, a couple of weeks ago on SNL, and I very rarely uh, mention SNL, um, just because they're not funny anymore. Um, they haven't been for years. Well, I know. And now they've lost, um, oh, what's uh, Bill Hader? And so, yeah. Um but they did a, a, a spoof on the Google Glass, right? And one of the things that they were spoofing about it was the fact that uh, Seth Meyers was trying to talk to his quote-unquote technology journalists, and he couldn't because he was screwing with the vocal commands to Google, Google Glass. Is that is, is how, how big of a concern is that going to be, or is this maybe you know what these guys are, are, are expecting, where, like Phil said, they're going to know who you are, and maybe in my house I can... You know, I'm the dad, so I can, you know, say, you know, use my voice as the as the dominant one. You know, the I'm I'm the chairman of this of this house, so take my my vocal commands over over anybody else's. Yeah, it's it. it you are going to run into issues where you get people talking at each other, and if 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 it's only keyed to you, that's great. But, yeah, you just mentioned in a house where you've got, say, four different people that are controlling the TV. <laughs> and you, you are going to have to set a chairman mode and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm just a little disturbed about anticipating our needs. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just roll with it. Let it happen. Enjoy welcome it. Ba- welcome back to the living room, Mr. Mead. <laughs> You right. You do want to go to McDonald's. You do want a Big Mac. <laughs> oh, I man. had no idea. Holy cow! I just I just thought of a ho- a horrible, horrible, insidious part of this, and that's advertising. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and who's going to pay the most? All of a sudden, I really I should get that at Target over Kmart, shouldn't I? Yes, you should. Yes, you should. <laughs> and it, 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 they're going to be that third member of my of my marriage trapped in the middle where we're fighting over HGTV versus A&E or something. It's going to it's going to be messy, I'm afraid. <laughs> and eventually the TV is going to say is going to say, "Please stop fighting. I just right. can't take it anymore." Yep. So we put it in the middle of the floor and make it crawl to who it loves most. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. This ended Shane, up... The only problem with that is that you have to be prepared to lose. And change, you know what? Change your channel to who you love the most. We're all guys, and let's be honest, we all lose. So... Yep. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Uh, another story, real quickly, about about Samsung and the fact that they're giving away, I don't know, a little bit over eight hundred thousand um, dollars. It's a it's a contest that they run, and then a couple of the, of the ones. Um, it's for developers. One is a, a Samsung Smart App Challenge. Uh, you can win fifty five thousand dollars. We'll put a link if you're a really good app developer. Uh, the other thing is this something called Cord, and I I never heard of it until this this. Uh, uh, article it's in the register eight hundred thousand dollars that will be split between 10 developers who find quote unquote killer applications for samsung's cord peer-to-peer software interface long story short these these guys are looking to share information between android-based gadgets household pl- appliance and other hardware um yeah again first of all this is the first thing i've heard of it, it second harry when it comes to cord where exactly is Samsung heading with this? Are the you know your microwave knows who you are? Oh, geez. <laughs> this is going to be the theme for this show, you know. I'm sorry, Dave. You're 15 I'm pounds sorry. overweight. I can't let you make that. You cannot eat that burrito today. <laughs> Why don't you try a salad? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, it's just they're all going to be talking to each other, and that just means they're all going to tattle on you to the advertisers at some point. And the health insurance company. And Oh, yes, and Obamacare. Yes, it'll, yeah. all, it'll all talk to each other, and then it'll report to the IRS your health status. And then they'll jack up your rates and yeah, and audit you. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> only only if, you, if you're a subscriber to, or a, a donator to uh, the Tea Party. Sorry, I had to get that in there. Uh, Chris, uh, should um, what does this say? What, what what does this say for? Or what does it say to to Crestron, AMX? Maybe that them, but maybe guys like Control Four or Savant or Aurora. Well, I think it's a nice incentive for them to maybe think about you know developing applications for this and integrating with Samsung's whole universe. Um. Can I sum this up? Sure. It's the ecosystem, stupid. Okay. That's what they're looking for, to share files, to be the platform, to be the devices that you do everything with. It's the Apple model, and I think it's a very it's say they one. want to uh, They want to uh, out-eye Apple. Gesundheit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but actually that's true, right? That, I mean, again, that's what they're looking to do is what we want to be the transport medium. We want to be the devices. We want to be your experience. And you might even just then use our tools to import all the media and our relationships with those who own the content, et cetera, et cetera. There's revenue streams in every level of that, of that, of that uh, model from selling and buying to sharing to the, the devices. 
it's actually a very wise thing to do. And I've lamented against smart TVs, but I got to tell you, this is where it makes sense when you make an ecosystem out of it. So it's it's not just the smart TV; it's everything around the smart TV. It's everything around your Samsung Android phone. Right, because they've always showed it with, like, say, Facebook or Twitter, and nobody mm-hmm. wants a Facebook or Twitter on the on the smart TV. You want to be able to do content, share content. And again, when they say the sharing of the content, share pictures, files, music, etc. And they say files, which eventually means video. It also means information, like here. And it, all joking yeah. aside, here, it, it also sharing information because um, LG and a couple other um, refrigerator manufacturers have had you know wired refrigerators where they can scan the barcode in your on, on certain products and tell you when you're low. I mean, it, it, it sounds somewhat scary and, you know, Big Brother or whatever, but it, it's some, of, some of it's kind of cool where they can tell you when you need certain products and you have all this stuff talking together. It could shoot an alert to your, to your Android-based phone, if, if that's what you're running, and say, hey, you know, you need to pick out milk this afternoon. Yeah. Um, it can – It basically, yes, it is all going to talk to each other and it is all going to report the information that it learns. It's how they're going to – Get that information. I mean, we joke about you can't make that burrito, Dave. But <laughs> um, it's how they collect that information. And then it's where that information ends up. If it just goes to your phone, that's fine. If it's just going to your phone and saying, here's a list of stuff that that you need. It's before the weekend. You should pick this up if you want to have be fully stocked. Okay, great. But it's who else is going to be getting that information? Is that maybe some of it just us big dumb Americans really, really being overly sensitive to privacy? It's wh- <laughs> yeah. I'm just asking. I, I was going to say, I, what's what's oversensitive about it? Well, I, You've seen it play out the last two weeks. I know. <laughs> and I'm as much. You know, yeah. The anyhow. future is here and we're a part of it. And so I think green is people. Uh, you're listening to AV Week. That gentleman there is Harry Mead. Chris Tatton is here as well. Hi-Fi, Phil Cordell, and George Tucker. We're going to go from one uh, display manufacturer who's really, really making it to one who is not really, really making it. This comes to our, uh, from our buddy uh, uh, over at strategy.com. Uh, well, let's talk about Sharp. <laughs> and... It's, it's a bad sign when the story starts out that they were expecting to lose $4.5 billion. Uh, <laughs> and the bad news is um, they did, and then they lost some more. Uh, actually, $5.4 billion. Um, not, so in, in doing so, um, they've gotten rid of their, their, their president. And I, I'm guessing, you know, um, this company is a lot like the U.S. They're getting rid of their president and their vice president is taking charge. Uh, so there's an order of succession there. Um, but I don't know. Um, Phil, we're kicking this off with you. Let's start with a simple one. Where exactly is Sharp headed? I mean, from all indications, uh, it's heading south, man. Uh, and I believe it was on this program a few months ago that, that someone had pointed out that that maybe Sharp had made some contractual obligations to some electronics manufacturers and uh, and they knew that they were going to lose money on these panels, but but it was gonna it was gonna be cheaper for them to to keep the contracts uh, alive, right, and suffer that loss than it was going to be to face the legal ramifications of canceling those contracts. So they flooded the market with these cheap, you know, massive screen uh, panels, which is great for a lot of people, 
but they're just not making any money. You know, it's just bad business, unfortunately. Uh, Chris, is there something, I mean, well, let me ask this first. How important do you think the Sharp is to the AV industry? Well, anymore? I mean, Sharp is obviously very important to the AV industry because they are one of the, I believe they're one of the few companies that actually make panels um, that are used in other products. Um, I believe that they're also a large supplier for Apple, which is driving a lot of the tech industry and driving a lot of uh, the changes in the AV industry. Well, it, Harry, Chris makes a good point. Samsung actually uh, became one of the, I think, if not the biggest non-bank investor, one of the biggest investors in, in Sharp a couple months ago. Uh, probably because of what he just said, you know, uh, Samsung doesn't make their glass; they, they get it from Samsung uh, or from Sharp, rather. Um, is there somebody maybe that can save them? Is it Samsung, maybe? Um, they will probably become a subsidiary subsidiary of somebody, um, possibly Samsung, just because yeah, they have the manufacturing, and yes, everybody needs that but they don't necessarily need sharp branded products so they will probably if my best guess they'll get paired down to their manufacturing uh their base manufacturing and uh and that's what they'll be a uh, oem supplier for people oh that's a that's not a bad idea i mean except you know we 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 lose the yellow display you know Mm. Oh, <laughs> such a great loss. Sorry. <laughs> and we lose George Takai as a as a spokesperson, and that is a cultural loss, absolutely. Because uh, he says, oh, my, like nobody else. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I love following him on, on, on Facebook. He's just the best. Uh, George, how big of a deal is this? I mean, the fact that, that Sharp is slowly but surely bleeding, to, you know, bleeding financially to death. I think it's significant, especially since they've done something that, that no Japanese company likes to do or, you know, actually doesn't do at all, which is publicly sort of blame their leader for not doing well enough. And they got rid of them, which if you look at Japanese businesses, they just don't do that. So it's a pretty serious thing going on. I think Chris actually said something really interesting is that their relationship with Apple has severely affected them. Why? Well, first of all, let's look at iPhone 5. It's not selling nearly as well as iPhone 4 did. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's expensive. It didn't do a heck of a lot new. And one something, uh, what was it, uh, NPR, I heard a, a report about how iPhone 5s are not selling because people are afraid of the cost of fixing them. Do you know that Apple makes almost as much money fixing them as they do selling them? So if they're not fixing newer ones, then they're still fixing old ones and getting a lot of money. You're sort of caught. Hey, we don't need the parts. We're not going to order as many. And they did. Apple actually retracted on some ordering and saying, we don't need as many spare parts, guys. Don't make them. So when you put your eggs in a basket of, hey, this is it, this is it, doesn't last that long always. you got to always be aware. It's what happened to Sony. You know, the Walkman will never go away. Wait, where'd it go? Speaking of Sony, I saw for the first time, and I do mean the first time, uh, a commercial the other day where Sony, it was a Sony all-in-one, you come oh. to us for your entertainment and for your electronics, and we are your one-stop shop for everything. And my immediate reaction was, Good God, guys, that, that you should have ran this commercial 10 years ago, 12 years mm. ago. Um, because it was, it was again, if this had happened the same time as the iPod being released, 
um, they still could have could have kicked some serious tail. But it was, you know, we provide you the movies and the music. And it, I mean, it had clips from some really popular music and some really popular mo- movies. But it just seemed very sad and very late. Um, and I'm afraid maybe that DNA Sharp's, you know, going in that, in that direction. Um, from, well, this is from Digital Projections website. Lamp Freedom. Free yourself from projection lamp costs with DP's Lamp Freedom Program. Dun, dun, dun. George Michael, enter here. George Michael. <laughs> Freedom. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. You. Uh, here's the skinny on this, kids. If you buy some specific digital projection, a specific uh, the highlight series or the Titan series, from DP between now, May 1st, because I apologize I didn't get this until last week, and June 30th, 2013, you will get... Um, a replacement lamp between years two and three. So, according to them, um, it'll save you about ten grand um, in replacement cost. Now, that is the the skinny on it, right? You you buy one not between now and the end of next month, now and the end of June, uh, and you'll get a free lamp um, between years two and three. Uh, yeah, Harry. <laughs> A couple things. Um, there, well, is this well? First of all, from a marketing standpoint, saying that 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 you get free lamps is huge in the world of, of proje- projection, right? Yeah, uh, Epson's been living on that for a while. Yeah, and <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm. I, I'm like, okay, this is great, yay! And it's a really cool little graphic. Uh, almost looks like a sonic screwdriver. Um, but I, I don't know. I, what do you think about this this promotion here? Well, what first of all, where are they pulling the 10k from? I guess the cost. Their they their 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 lamps are really expensive. I don't know. I was gonna say, does <laughs> there does what the one lamp that you're getting between years two and three count cost ten thousand dollars? It says depending on the DP projector model purchased. This well, program can represent more than $10,000 in lamp savings during the three-year warranty period. Well, I mean, if you if you read the fine print down at the bottom, you actually get mm. two sets of lamps, one for the second year and one for the third year. Okay. So they're five and, grand and, a piece? And you, get a, and, you get, well, and you get a set of lamps, so either two lamps for a dual lamp or four lamps for a quad lamp projector. Mm. So you could potentially get up to eight lamps. How that equates to ten thousand dollars? I was gonna say that's still fairly expensive. Um, Let's not also forget that the the projectors that they're advertising this for are not cheap projectors to begin with. No, Titans mm-hmm. I know are not uh, are, are not cheap projectors. Big, heavy, expensive, <laughs> bright, and feature rich. Yes, yes, yes. Bright. I mean, and not to feature- defend them, but yes, they're 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 they're, yeah, they're monsters. Oh, no. they're, they they're are. Yeah, they work absolutely really well. They don't go. In and your you will notice. That uh, it says also that staging customers or staging projectors purchased are are not uh, are not a part of this. <laughs> it gets us right. out. Well, we're, and we're, the other we're thing about this, um, not for nothing. Again, uh, to remind folks, I work for a college. Um, most colleges that I know, my fiscal starts July one, not June one. So it cuts out most education people I know. I'll just go LED and be done with it. 
that was my first inclination is somebody's afraid of LEDs. <laughs> um, but the Titan really isn't isn't a comparable uh, solution to, to the LEDs that I've seen. However, some of the, the lower end highlights are at uh, two or you know two thousand lumens or thirty five hundred lumens. Um, you know, those kind of do compete with, with some of the LED projectors that we've already started specking in. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So. That's the, and I, I think that was actually my, my initial reaction, Phil, was the fact that, yeah, somebody's afraid of the whole lampless, you know, um, right. the whole lampless projection. Because guys like Digital Projection and Barco and Christie and the bigger venue projectors, um, yeah, you're not going to get 30,000. But it's 30, funny because they have one. <laughs> Shh. You're using logic again, Harry. Okay. Marketers I'll, I'll don't like it when again. you use logic. I'll be quiet again. I've I've talked with an awful lot of marketers the last couple of days, so I shouldn't say that. They're very nice people. We like you. Uh, huh? What'd in you their say? Own special way. In their own special way. Miss A.B. Dawn is a marketing person, so I rest my case. Oh, I can't anyhow before one of us gets in trouble. Uh, from our buddies over at Technology Tell. On Controls Wizard makes programming easier. Uh, on Controls is a new automation company. Uh, it's ran on an iPad, iPad Mini, or a regular iPad, um, and it's sort of a it, well, it's a it's home automation. Um, it, George, first of all, you're you started the DIY show this, so this is why I'm going to hit hit you with this one, um, or at least our version of the our, our DIY show. Um, how viable is because this this to me is a DIY control, right? This is this is do-it-yourself home automation. How viable is that market when it comes well, to stuff like this? Well, first of all, this this actual device, I don't believe it's actually DIY. I believe they talk a lot about dealers, and a lot of the programming is through dealers. Okay. I think there's an intimation in the article that it may be coming to you for this. Um, but DIY control is not what it was back in the X10 days, and we all know how much I love X10. <clears throat> He was um, a, he was a stockholder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the stock was a stick. If I saw, if I saw the guy. Yeah. Um, but this, the new merging, the prosumer stuff that's happening, the tablets and all the other stuff that's come out with wi advances in Wi-Fi, have made that gap between what is professional and what is uh, available to the the home installer, meaning the DIY person, is very narrow. Yes, there are some real, real features and some real differences that when you're wanting to really do this in a professional way, the, the gap seems much wider. Um, but this system is actually more about a mesh network. It's like little bots that talk to each other, and you can add them at any time you want. You can remove them as you want, which for a mid-level small integrator... It's a great thing because they say, all right, here's the initial one. You don't want to do that. Let's cut it down by this much. We can do these three rooms. Let's talk next year. Hey, I can, we can do two more rooms. For some, that doesn't really work. But for a small company that can deal intimately with their clients on a regular basis, this could be a nice little recurring revenue system. Uh, Phil and Chris, you guys are both pro uh, AV. You, you don't do any residential, do you? No, no, sir. All right. Um, well, then this is kind of then a general question to to you and, and you guys and Harry. Um, Phil, I guess we'll, we'll we'll kick it off with you on this one. Is this something? I don't expect this to be in in boardrooms. I really don't, and, and it may end up being. Um, I actually saw a um, command fusion at a at a restaurant the other day here in town, and it was it was flat out impressive. 
um, a place where I would normally associate AMX or, or Crestron or something. Um, so what, when you're, from your reading on this, what would be different from this than maybe um, a high-end Harmony or maybe a, a higher-end Control 4? Uh, you know, I'm not super uh, familiar with a lot of Control 4's products. Um, I'm not even sure if they work the same way that this one does, whereas you can add devices like one at a time, you know, essentially from my understanding reading that article, you know, you, you've got your little, uh, your little 232 or IR hub, you know, and it's all networked. And so you can add your TV this week. And, you know, if you get a new Blu-ray player or something, you can add that next month, you know, and that's, uh, as was mentioned before, that's kind of, that would be great, I think, for from a residential standpoint to keep that relationship open with the customer, constantly upgrading, bringing new stuff online. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that's pretty cool. Now, you know, what what we typically do are uh, you know full blown custom, you know, large, larger rooms where everything's brought online at the same time, and you're going to have that system more or less for you know a few years conceivably. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little different from that perspective. Uh, I will tell you, man, I mean, you know, I do pro AV and, and, uh, I work with a gentleman who, who, uh, had a Crestron system in his house and actually ended up swapping it out for control four because it, it did a lot more of what he was looking for from a residential standpoint. So hmm. who knows? Yeah, it was crazy. Blew mm-hmm. my mind. Well, one of control four's advantages is that they put out a, uh, um, end client, interface that they can do certain things like change the background, like change certain button, like change their uh, presets very easily, which although the other companies were saying, well, the, the programmer or the installer does that. They just write a little bit of code, and it's a little matrix with variables and a blah, 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 select case, and you add it, right? Mm-hmm. But that was like a couple hundred bucks each time. What they did is say, hey, we want to sell the hardware in the initial in. They'll be more comfortable changing stuff. They'll ask for something new. Hey, I want to add a screen. Hey, I want to add this room. And I think that's sort of the same model here is that they're giving the clients some control both in how and when it's put down and what they can change. Well, and, and Chris, you're, let's talk about Crestron specifically because that's the only one I know a little bit better than AMX. And it's just because I, I've gone through training with them. You can <laughs> um, program it to do that. I mean, especially with, with the new Core 3 and all this other jazz, you can give end users the ability to do that. Absolutely. It just they just have to you have to program it in. Ah, you but know, there's a difference it, between the programming it in and providing the client with a software automatically, right? They have their own interface. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Control Four. From what I understand, I'm I'm not familiar with Control Four's product a lot either. But from what I'm taking, what you're saying to mean is that yes, Control Four is providing that as a, as a back end type function. Yeah. Mm. You know, one thing that I have to assume is that that type of um, that type of control comes at the cost of a little bit of flexibility. Now, whether or not that flexibility loss is negligible or not, I don't know. It, it's entirely possible that it could be. Yeah, yeah and, and giving them the option to change that and cut out the recurring costs, I mean, that's like uh, giving somebody free bulbs for three years on a projector. You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice. On a projector that costs $50,000. Uh, All right. Um, this story comes, well, quite frankly, from everybody. Um, the one we're using is from The Verge, but everybody and their brother wrote about this. Um, I even think that it's in you know Home and Garden magazine. Microsoft brings live TV to Xbox One with voice navigation. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, first question, who wants one? Me. Me. It looked pretty cool. I'll take it. Okay. I'm a PC guy. Harry? 
I only have a Wii because we won it. Okay. <laughs> Never mind then. And I was going to ask you first. I'm wah, not a big. Wah, I'm not wah. a big gamer. Well, it's that, and that's the thing, though. That's the that's. The... I was going to say they're trying to make it the center of of your entertainment universe. I'd say they did a darn and good job. <laughs> everybody's trying to make everything the center of the entertainment universe. They're combining everything into everything. And they want you all to be within their ecosystem, except you've got seven different ecosystems in your house. And I just get off my lawn. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Angry old man. Oh, get off my lawn. Um, George, really, you want one? Because you, you, you're my, you're my wee buddy on this one. Um, the fact, what, what, it, what about it makes you want one? Well, I feel like I could read the copy. Microsoft, learning from their media center debacle, Thank has you. now introduced something from their lessons learned. Yes, we've heard you. Um, to have that, well, look, this is what the end client wants, especially the mid-market client, right? All in one. I understand how to use it. It's a simple interface. It's the same interface. I'm not dealing with two different screens. I'm not dealing with it looking different everywhere. And it will provide me with streaming, loading my content, playing my game, making toast maybe. Who knows? Eventually. Um, eventually. <clears throat> Again, like we said with the with – the, um, I'm sorry, what Harry said, the ecosystem is what it's all about. Yes, they're going to work with other stuff because they're all starting to talk about working with AirPlay. They all have some kind of Bluetooth or UNPNP or something that works with other systems. Because they know you won't just buy their ecosystem, but they're going to try as hard as they can to make you buy as much of it as they can. Um, I like it because I'm not really a big gamer, but my kids are. But we can do both, and I can ha and the, using it in a distributed mode, it might just be a really good solution. I have the Wii. We use it for some games, but I use it for the Netflix. Mm -hmm. I've never owned a game system except for like a Sega Game Gear, which was the portable wow. guy. My parents got me a computer when I was a kid. Everybody else had Nintendos, and I was playing Math Crunchers and <laughs> Oregon Trail, which was pretty awesome. That explains uh, but, so much. Oregon Trail is awesome. It is awesome. It is, right? Yeah. By the way, there's an and, iPad. There's an iPad Oregon Trail, I'm just saying. Yeah, Ooh. and I mean, I, yeah. I haven't run into too many games uh, in modern gameplay where you can die of dysentery, so that's why <laughs> Oregon Trail's awesome. <laughs> um, but, but this Xbox One's pretty cool, man. The specs, you know, again, I... I I don't have a Wii. I don't. I don't have anything, and I never really feel compelled to get one. But because they're rolling so many things into this one box, um, the specs on that Kinect camera were pretty awesome. You know, 1080p, 60, 60 frames per second. It said it could read your heartbeat. Yep. You know, I mean that that's how much detail these things are pulling down now. I mean, I I think it's got some pretty pretty awesome features. And Skype, you know, they're rolling the rolling your conferencing into there if you want. And and uh, Smart Glass has got a touch interface, right? So you can. You can use your smartphone and, and uh, Windows 8 integration uh, and, and the voice navigation. I don't know if, if that's the same article or not but yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you take an HDMI in, uh, HDMI in and out of the box and, and it throws up, you know, a whole navigation system for you that you can, that you can control with your voice. So, you know, it's, it's got some pretty cool sell, selling points, I think. Phil actually raised a really good point. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Gary Kay at Rave Pubs wrote a piece on the Biscotti and asking whether or not it would be disruptive to uh, video conferencing. I think this is more disruptive than the than the Biscotti is because it's everything, right? It's it's the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, Chris, one one quick question about just the some of the features. One of them I see, and some of you may call me crazy. I see this going into certain boardrooms, and this is the reason why. 
you have the ability, Phil mentioned the pass-through, you can, you can plug in a cable box, let's say, and you pass that through. Well, then one of the pictures that, that The Verge uses is the, the basketball game and then the stats on the right-hand side. This is a video processor, right? This is a multi-window video processor. It looks that way. Yeah. The question is, is how well can you integrate it into a corporate environment and how well can you control it with all of the other stuff that goes into a corporate environment? Two words, IR. <laughs> but it's no, it's it's more than just the, the transport mechanism. It's the, you know, how do you control it with a video codec? Do you need to then pick up a separate, you know, how, how are you going to use that on a touch panel? You're just going to have up, down, left, right control. You know, how do you integrate it into one seamless working system? And that's really what's going to make or break it in a, in a corporate environment. Yeah. One thing that I saw that was really cool, though, was I saw a demo on the new Connect. And I know that George hates the whole gesture thing. But the demo for the Connect that I saw made me want one of these. It okay. showed it basically it showed the ability to read your motions as it relates to a game, how hard you punch, where you punch, how much force you're putting on each limb on, on, on your legs if you're like stomping. That you know, had all sorts of in you know, cool implications for games. Wow. So young, so angry. Damn that metal music. <laughs> <laughs> but but how long till your oh. connect is, uh, how long ahead. till your till your connect is telling your microwave not to make you that burrito because it's what you look like. <laughs> no, you know? but the thing is you just played a fighting game and now you can have that burrito because it, you exercise. Because you burn so many calories. Fifty kill points gets you a burrito. Yeah. 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 Wow. You virtually fight your friends. <laughs> oh man. And see, I, I was going to air uh, uh, air guitar hero. So. Yeah, this product kind of, you know, they combine so many things, kinda slightly reminds me of like the Mondo Pad, you know, where they're throwing together a bunch of technologies that are kind of useful right now, uh, you know, and, and so you get you get kind of a bundle of, of things, you know, as was mentioned earlier, there, how many things can you stick into one, you know, so there's your conferencing, there's your entertainment, there's your TV, bada bing, bada boom. Well, and, and to that point, that Mondo Pad is a freaking awesome piece of machinery, so... <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah, they are. Uh, real, real quickly, guys, um, kind of dovetail into that. The Disney, um, you know them. They're the one of the five people that run the world. Uh, they've got uh, another, actually a Connect add-on, where they're sensing through, I, I guess, air is the best way to put it. Um, and I, they're tapping into this whole Connect thing. Um, George, could you be a gesture then if <laughs> if they were sensing all this stuff? Well, it's tactile feedback, isn't it? Yeah. That's what they're providing with these little vortex jets of air they'll hit. And it, if you watch, there's a video, and when, we, when you put the link up, there's a video showing it in part of a, a larger, was it Serograph um, papers announcement they were showing? Mm. And it actually can hit your fingertips yes. and your palm and your chest. And let's say you're playing goalie for soccer, you will actually be able to feel those things from this device. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that was... might actually be a little bit better because you have that tactile response. If I'm pushing buttons, it might just puff some air at me as I'm trying to hit the button. And I feel like I pushed a button. That's cool. Yeah, it was also t t uh, tying into uh, to, uh, virtual reality and, and augmented reality. Mm. So, and, and for that, I always go back to my favorite 3D movie of all time, which is the Muppet um, movie at uh, Disney, which has not only 
3D, but also the jets of air and water and stuff. So it's almost like 4D. It's 4D. It is 4D. Mm -hmm. We had a story about Iron Man in 4D a couple weeks ago. You could smell Robert Downey Jr. More than uh, Captain EO, huh? More than I, yeah, I, more than Captain EO. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was a big I was a big Muppet guy. Strong language. I know. Strong language. Uh, fighting words, Mr. Obat. <laughs> last but virtually stomp on you. Jeez. <laughs> and and you'll feel it. Yes. Through the connect. And you'll feel it. And then you'll go have a burrito. Um, last but not least, NASA can make you a burrito. Uh, NASA is funding a 3D food printer, and it will start with pizza. Hoo-ah! Um, anybody who is any kind of, of space geek or futuristic geek has seen something like this, whether it is the replicator in Star Wars or uh, other devices. Um, this is where we say the future is now. Uh, I know somebody who has a, a rap song like that, the future is now. I wonder who that person is. Um, could be anybody. It could, that was your cue, Phil. <laughs> could be anybody out there. Um, let, real quickly, guys, and, and we'll wrap this up. Is this? Am I just being geeky because I'm a, I'm a, a sci-fi geek, or is this um, really kind of a, a neat step forward? Um, George, is this? You know, because you we've talked about 3D printers actually on the DIY show before. Um, this is this is really it really is a neat little step forward for us. If they can make it happen successfully, yes. I mean, well, think about it. You go on a long trip uh, you, when you do, like, say, an RV or you do one of those longer run things. You don't need to bring all this food. You can actually just print it, which means there'll probably be far less space you have to worry about and more living space than the accommodations that you're bringing with you. I, I, I really think it's kind of nifty, just like they're doing the stuff with printing um, that windpipe for the baby mm -hmm. and the ear for somebody. I forget who it was. They print out of biological material. This is not just plastic going in, but they were making them out of biological materials. And hopefully they don't cross the two and you need a windpipe, but if it works, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, Harry, what kind of uh, food would you like to print, sir? I'm not sure, because all, all I can think of is, are, is the pizza going to take as long as it does to like print a piece of plastic thing? Or like do you have to come back in two hours and you'll get your pizza? Or <laughs> 30 minutes or less, Harry. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's the Domino's printed pizza. It's the Domino's printed maker. pizza. I, I would like to say something about that. I, I grew up in, in a little town called Peoria, Illinois, and they have uh, two pizza joints up there. One is called Godfather's and one is called Monocle's. And I would love just to get their recipe and be able to print those whenever I wanted. So, um, anyhow, uh, Chris, is this kind of cool, kind of space agey, or, or just eh? Well, I would argue that pizza is really just barely 3D, but um, it depends on the pizza, brother. Depends on the pizza. You, you, the, go, the you go to Chicago, is, that's 3D pizza. Very true. The question is, it you know, with anything food, is it's all about taste, and quite frankly, the. Topping being, quote, a nondescript protein layer kind of frightens mm -mm. me. That's delicious. You, that, you guys don't request that when you go out? That's all, that's all pepperoni is anyway. It's just nondescript yeah, really, protein exactly. layer. Yeah. Really? Because I thought nondescript layer. protein layer meant tofu. No, it, it's pepperoni. Pepperoni is like Italian sausage. You know, you don't really know what goes into it, and you don't want to watch it being made. No. Just say I saw in, on somewhere else that it was like some sort of like fish byproduct or something. Really? Yes. Uh, protein layer? No. Yes, the, the protein. Oh, the, oh, I thought you meant the pepperoni. I'm like, oh. No, the protein layer. Yeah. 
what was it in uh, Battlestar Galactica, the the reboot of it? They they uh, ate algae, some kind of algae byproduct. So I don't know. That's all we're gonna. That's what what we're gonna end up eating they anyway. They form it into a T bone and it tastes like a steak, and yeah. you're satisfied. And you wouldn't care. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat. I mean, it, you know, it could be a, a sign of cool things to come. And I thought it was cool that, you know, NASA's thinking about it so that our astronauts can have pizza out in space, you yeah. know. It, it, the cartridges have a lifespan of 30 years. So, I mean, you can, you know, cook that pizza up 28 years from when you set out from Earth, if, you know. So you if, could deliver a pizza to Pluto. Mm-hmm. Well, they deliver to planets only. So. Oh, there you go. Pluto, per se. <laughs> yeah. Just for the record, Pluto is still a planet. Pluto? Pluto is still a planet. I don't care. My kid's taking my my daughter's planetoid. It's, it's, it's a planet. I repeat. <laughs> I, repeat <laughs> I repeat. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Which is Harry's way of saying it's a planet, and it's time for my nap. All right, uh, this has been AV Week. Thank you so much. That gentleman there is Harry Mead. Um, my favorite uh, person I lost ACTSD test to. Um, how can people get a hold of you, Mr. Mead? Uh, Twitter is Mr. AV Dawn because she had the name first and I just glommed onto it. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, we, <laughs> speaking, we'll, we'll say something here about Twitter in a second. Uh, Mr. Chris Tatton has also been here. Thank you, sir. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, I can be reached on Twitter at Chris underscore Tatton or also LinkedIn. Uh, Mr. Cordell, Mr. Hi-Fi, Mr. The AV Professional, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Check out my website, theavprofessional.com, or find me on Twitter at the underscore AV underscore pro. Very cool. Uh, Last but not least, Mr. George Tucker, thank you, brother. No problem. Glad to be here. Where can people find you? Oh, they know already. Tell them if you're on social, (laughs) Tucker Twos, no underscore or hyphens. If it's on social, that's where I am. That's where he is. I'm also writing for a number of magazines. The the newest one is Corporate Tech Decisions. Go ahead, read. Get me some counts, please. Fancy schmancy. He's a writer now. Fancy schmancy. He's leaving me. Um, Real quickly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Real quickly about about Twitter. We are um, slowly but surely working something out for a a tweet up. I, I have no more information as of this second. Uh, so I won't say anything more as of this second. Uh, but just stay tuned to the Twitterverse. Uh, we're going to try to work something out uh, for all y'all Twitter people. So uh, for us, huh? At Infocom. At Infocom. Yes, sorry. I didn't say that today. Uh, if you're no. coming to Infocom, uh, come by and see us. Uh, we're going to be right across the hall from the uh, the entrance to Hall E. So come by and, and hang out. Uh, we will be recording AV Week live at Infocom at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, if you want to be on, go ahead and come by. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get as, up. As opposed to now when we're pre-recorded. Yes, as opposed to, well, we're going to record that. Anyhow, uh, yes, we're recording it then. So, um, and uh, yeah, we'll probably stream that one too. That would be kind of cool to do that there. Good idea, Harry. Um, Harry I try. To, yeah. Um, so yeah, come by there. Um, but if you want to follow us on online and stuff like that, we're on Twitter, uh, um, AV Nation, and also AV Week Podcast, uh, Google Plus, Facebook, and others. Uh, but start the day and start your search at avnation.tv. avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs> <laughs>